good. Sweet, man. All right. Well, uh, welcome to Young Adults. And if you are watching at home, I've just realized that we actually have people that watch online. That's awesome. And we're so happy that you do. Um, but you're missing out on all the fabulously dressed people here. So uh, show up on a Thursday night and come hang out with us. Um, welcome to Young Adults and welcome. Um, I hope you guys came ready for um, something different tonight. I hope that... Um, you are done maybe with church per usual and um, that tonight you would be willing uh, to engage in a different way. I think that the Lord has something very special for us tonight. So um, this message is about names. Uh, have you ever Googled yourself? Anybody? <laughs> Were you unimpressed? <laughs> um, my name comes up as a crime, like, um, like I, 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 my name is a victim of a crime, and so I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not good. Um, no, but if you have ever Googled yourself, um, if you go way deep into Google Images, you can be like, you can find like a little Facebook picture, and you're like, there I am. I, like, people can Google me. It's amazing. Um, so uh, Google just released 2015's most uh, searched for names by country, okay? The, the names that people searched for the most in each country, and uh, they released the people that these people searched for or that these countries searched for by and large. 24 countries, including Haiti, Argentina, and Djibouti. Did you know that the capital of Djibouti is Djibouti? <laughs> this is great. Um, 24 countries listed that this man, Lionel Messi, <laughs> who I didn't know who it was. <laughs> I had to Google him. He's in art. He's in... Argentinian soccer player, if you didn't know. Uh, but he was the top name that was Googled in 24 countries. In six countries, okay, including Belize and South Africa, the number one name that was searched for was Nicki Minaj. In 18 countries, including Greenland and Spain, there was another soccer player named Cristiano Ronaldo. Don't act like you know him. You don't know it. You're American. You don't care about soccer. <laughs> I'm kidding. But seriously, it's like watching grass grow, right? I played soccer. I played soccer and it's boring to watch. All right. Three countries, including Vanuatu, said that Rihanna was the most searched for name. And 19 countries, including France, the UK and the United States of America, what do you think that was the number one name that we searched for? What? Kim Kardashian. I want you to punch your American neighbor in the throat. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> the only thing that gave me solace was that Justin Bieber was only the number one name uh, search in one country, and get this, it was Papua New Guinea. And so, so part of me was like, maybe they're searching for him because of his music and his looks, or maybe they just want him as a snack. Like, I'm not sure, right? And so, and so, um, the most sought-after names 
the most, uh, the most, the names that people wanted to understand the most. They wanted to, they wanted to delve into the most. They wanted the details of their lives the most. These are the names that people search for. And here's the deal, you guys, is that we will spend hours doing this because we love to engage with and we love to understand a great name. We are obsessed with great names. There are people's names that bring emotions to your heart. And there are people's names that bring visuals to your mind. You hear the name Mahatma Gandhi, and it brings a visual and, an, and something, an emotion within you. Martin Luther King, you hear Rosa Parks, you hear the name Thomas Edison or Winston Churchill. And there's something associated with that name. You hear the name Beyonce. You hear the name Adele or LeBron, and $1 billion? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't understand our world, or Nike. We hear these names, and we have a tendency to pursue these people and to try to delve into the world, but there's something about a great name for us. And WebMD this week, I was learning and kind of reading that there is actually um, a phrase or a diagnosis for someone who is so obsessed with a name and with a person and with this object of, of, of grandeur that they will become so obsessed that they get a condition and it's called hero worship or celebrity worship and it's an actual diagnosis. Celebrity worship, it says, is a syndrome, C-W-S, an obsessive and addictive disorder in which a person becomes overly involved in the details of a celebrity's life. It goes on and it says this, uh, that there is something actually genetically within us that desires to seek out the grandeur in a name. And it says this, uh, Fischoff, who was, has ac academically studied the cult of celebrity, excuse me, says that the very need to find an idol and follow him is programmed into our DNA. What's in our DNA as a social animal is the interest in looking at alpha males and alpha females, the ones who are important in the pack. We are sociologically programmed to, quote, follow the leader. In other words, that you are genetically predisposed to follow a leader, to be engaged with, to idolize someone or something. You are genetically made up to find something famous and to seek out making them more famous, which shouldn't come as a surprise to us. <laughs> Because when you read scripture, scripture all throughout the Bible tells us that we are created a specific way. In fact, Isaiah 43 says this. It says, everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. God says, just like WebMD, that he has created you to worship something. That he has designed you to be obsessive towards something. That he has predisposed you to find something great and to make something famous. He says, I have made you to bring me glory. That's what God says. I have made you to bring me glory. And so tonight, the question that I have for you is simply this. 
Whose name is great in your life right now? Whose name are you making great in your life right now? And uh, I titled tonight, A Great Name, if you're taking notes. And I think that God wants to speak to us tonight and wants to move. God, we welcome you here. And God, I just ask that if this place is not set up and is not disposed towards your glory, God, that you would deal with us tonight. God, I pray that this ministry, God, that if it doesn't honor you, if it doesn't bring you glory, that if it doesn't bring you fame, that you would have your way with it. And I pray that tonight, God, that um, you'd move in our hearts, you'd move dramatically to show us how good you are, how great you are, how big you are, how loyal you are. That we would leave changed, not because of some bullet point, God, but because of your character. And God, I pray that we would make you great. Your name is great. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so a few weeks ago, uh, it was a few months ago, Justin Bieber came to town. And did you guys go? Did anybody go? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, a lot of people on our staff went. And so the next day, uh, they were talking about it, rehashing it, and they're like, Jazz, it was so cool. It was so much fun. And, you know, the lights and his dancing, it was amazing. You know, and I saw their Snapchats, and I was like, ah, like, he really is a good dancer. And, uh, um, he really is. And so, um, so, you know, we have this conversation and then Whitney was like, you know, but it was really weird because, um, people were like crying and stuff because they were so excited about Justin Bieber. And, um, I did not go to see Justin Bieber, but a few years back, I went and saw a different Justin. Um, <laughs> I went and saw a different Justin, and his last name was not Bieber, it was Timberlake, which, can I just say that the two names, like if we're talking about great names, okay, there's the name Bieber, and then there's the name Timberlake, like it's just like, there's no contest, right? And so, so I go, and I'm 14 years old, and I go to see this band called NSYNC, um, and my mom drops me off because I'm super cool, and... I go to, you know, the stadium, the big coliseum where it's being held, and we have nosebleed seats, and there's, like, a big speaker in the way, and, and we go, and, but we are pumped, right? And we're not very much into the show before the opening act comes out, and I swear to you, um, I didn't know who this person was because we were so far back, and I'm looking at her, and she's, like, a really good dancer, um, but she's so tan, and this is a true story. I thought maybe, like, she was, I don't know, like, a, di like a different nationality of some kind. She was so tan. And lo and behold, it was Britney Spears. Um, but I just didn't know at the time, and we were so far back. And, uh, and we, we, you know, she leaves the stage, and the lights go out, and we're having a great time, and they're kind of resetting the stage. And I kid you not, there are two girls in front of me, and they are so into this that, like, they kind of start to decompose before my very eyes. So, like... <laughs> One of the girls at some point starts just like screaming at like volume jet engine, right? <laughs> and and she just screams Justin's name. She's like, Justin, you know, like 
does it? Like just so pumped. And I and I'm and we're like, we're excited too, you know, not as excited as you. <laughs> but we're excited, you know. And then uh, they do this thing before they come out on stage, and right, you know, she's screaming so hard that by the time that they get to this, I mean, the girl's almost hyperventilating. Like she's leaning on the railing and she's like, <sighs> you know, and I'm like, you <laughs> know, I mean a medic. And um, and she, the, the lights go, they do four on the floor, and the lights are kind of like boom, boom, and it's like in sync, in sync, right? And I kid you not, this girl falls prostrate on the ground and starts bawling. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm thinking a couple of things in this moment. I'm like, girl, like, let me give you some advice. Like, if he comes out one, like, he's probably not going to, like, date any one of us. But second of all, he's for sure not going to date you if you're crying on the ground, okay? Then two, I'm thinking like, girl, like you are making a fool of yourself. Like, like get up, right? And, and, and she laid there for like a good portion of the show, like could not compose herself, couldn't get it together, um, sobbing, just overwhelmed. Um, but here's the reality is that uh, this happened with the Beatles, this happens with lots of stars, this happens with plenty of people whose names are great, and that something really does happen to us when we are met with the object of our worship. That something really does happen to you and to me when we are met with the object of our worship. That day she was acting like a fool, and a few years later I would read the Bible, and I would read about this character named David who, when the Ark of the Covenant was brought back to Jerusalem, was so overwhelmed with joy about his God and about his king that he began dancing and leaping. And then someone said, oh my gosh, you are a fool. And he said, oh, brother, I will get way more undignified than this. <laughs> You haven't, even, you haven't even seen me get dancing yet, right? We were made to worship, young adults. You were made to worship. That's how you were created. And Isaiah 43 points to the way that God would like for you to understand about yourself, the way that he made you. What you were made for in Isaiah 43 just like the WebMD article, is to project his fame. To project his fame. Isaiah 43, 7, and we just read it, but we'll read it again. Everyone who is called by my name and who I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. He's saying in this verse, God is saying, there is a reason for your celebrity worship. There is a reason for your hero worship. Because I made you to be this way. I made you to find something great to idolize something, and something in particular, myself. And he goes on in Isaiah 43, and he says, for I, give the, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to drink, um, to give drink to my chosen people, for the people I formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. In other words, he's saying, I made you just for me. I made you just for me. He says, I created this people that they might declare my praise. I created this people that they might glorify me. Have you ever, like, made um, a meal and you made it just for yourself? You know what I mean? It's like late night at Young Adults, and John and I will get home, and 
He, um, he takes time with food when, even when he's hungry, and he'll, like, prepare it, and he'll be like, baby, you want some, you want some, like, eggs and sausage and stuff? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm like, you know, and he's like, all right. And so he sits there in the kitchen, and he, like, prepares his meal, and then he, like, chops up the sausage, and he fries it, and it smells really good, and then you know, he adds the eggs, and then he adds some cheese on top, and then pretty soon he brings this, like, plate, and he sits down next to me, and I'm like, oh. Mm, and if you, when you get married someday, this will be your life, okay? Um, and I'm like, can I have a bite? And, and he's like, no, like, I made this for me. Like, I didn't make it for, I asked you, and you didn't want any, so I made this for me, you know? And God in Isaiah 43, is saying that he created his people, he created the city of Denver, he created every single person that's ever walked the earth, not for someone else, but for himself. That's who he made us for, is for himself. The people I formed for myself, he says, that they might declare my praise. He wasn't arbitrary when he was creating you. He wasn't just mashing clay together when he was fashioning you in your mother's womb. He knew exactly what his intentions were towards you and they were that you would glorify him and that you would praise him. He did not create you so that you could be uh, ambitious. He did not create you so that you could fulfill your dreams. He did not form you so that you could be the perfect fit for your future spouse. He did not create you so that you could make a lot of money. He fashioned you and he formed you for himself, period. He said, I made this and nobody else gets to have it. And at Red Rocks Young Adults, one of our biggest goals is that we would bring him fame. We talked a big game a couple weeks ago about how we will be a place and we will be a church that welcomes home prodigals. And the way that we phrase it at young adults is that we're going to love everybody the way that Jesus loved everybody. We talked about that in our Welcome Home series. Our second thing that we always hammer home is that we are here to see people get saved to build God's kingdom, to expand God's borders within this city. We are here to see people get saved. But the last reason we are here, and, and this was intentional when we were writing out what we wanted to be as a community, and it was that we would live fully for his fame. We would live fully for his fame. And understand this, there is nothing in your life right now that will stop you from worshiping something. You are built to worship something. The question is, what are you going to worship? That's the question tonight. Not, oh, am I going to get really caught up and idolize something? Oh, am I going to get really obsessive with something? Am I going to want to make a name great? Am I going to want to? No. You will. The question is, what are you going to put on display? That's the question. And there is a rub here. There's a rub here for every single human that has ever existed. Because while God formed us for himself and he didn't form us to make money and he didn't form us to be influential and he didn't form us, one of the biggest rubs is going to come because we will actually think that he formed us for ourselves. And so Isaiah 43 points to the fact that you were made for God. You were made for him, by him. But then we run into Genesis 11 and Genesis 11 is this quick little chapter 
at the beginning of creation, where he talks about our problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have problems. You have... <laughs> Hey, real quick, can we get a staffer to turn on some AC? Sup. AC for these peeps. Amen? AC for these peeps. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got some problems. You got some problems. Because here's the deal. He says, this is what I made you for. And in Genesis 11, we begin to understand that we, um, we completely skew what it is that we believe we were made for. Genesis 11 comes at the end of uh, Noah, you know, finishing his ride on the ark. And so the people, the remnant of people that have been left are beginning to um, procreate and fill the earth again. They're vast in number at this point, and there's lots of people now that God is pleased with and that he wants to build himself in and through. And it says this about this group of people in Genesis 11, it says, Now the whole world had one language in common speak. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. All right, so in Genesis 11, we have this group of people that are bent now on building something. And um, I grew up with a dad who was an excavator and who owned an excavating company, and so I knew what it looked like for something to be built from the ground up. I grew up around blueprints and, uh, you know, maps with topographical kind of details and soil details about, about building. And I knew that, you know, you would need to excavate a piece of land. And then after that, you could uh, pour a foundation. And then after that, they would either build, you know, the, the frame of the unit, whether it was a house or whatever it was, they would build the frame with either steel or with wood. And then after that, there would come drywall and roofing and paint and the whole process was this immense process, this huge undertaking. And we read in Genesis 11 about these people that are creating something and involving themselves in this huge process. And what's so interesting about it, though, is that they are building something and creating something because that's the way that you and I were created. In Isaiah 43, we were created to give him glory, but it also says in Genesis that we were made in his image, and he is a creator. And so you and I naturally want to build something. You and I are naturally predisposed to want to create and build something of grandeur, and that's what these people are set about doing. They want to build something of value. And what, what starts as a project becomes kind of like this mission for them. And they have a goal. They have a goal. They say, let's make it reach all the way to heaven. Let's cook these bricks one by one. And let's make this thing reach all the way to heaven so that we can make a name for ourselves. So that we can make a name for ourselves. All of this time, all of this effort to make a name for themselves all of this toiling, and I thought to myself this week, I thought, 
Isn't this us? Every day, 250 million pictures get uploaded onto Facebook. Every day, 400 million pictures get uploaded onto Instagram. And that's to share with our family and with our friends and to share what's going on in life and to socially connect and all those different kind of things. And obviously, <clears throat> when we take these pictures, um, we take them, you know, just arbitrarily and off the cuff and it's us with like food on our face and right? Or is it something where we focus really hard on the right lighting and we focus on the right pose and girls, I mean, help me, like, is it like, it's like this and like this and like <laughs> every single picture, what's wrong with us? We focus so hard on building something we toil, on building something of ourselves. We work, we work immensely at trying to brick by brick by brick by brick build a name for ourselves. And it, it has never been easier in any time in human history. The veil between you and fame is thin. You just need to be willing to work hard. That's it. You need to be willing to put in some time, to put in some effort. You know, there are millions upon millions of people who are famous right now, and not because they did something, they, you know, won the Nobel Peace Prize, they, you know, created or invented something, they were some type of athlete of some kind. No, they, it, we have Twitter stars, and we have Vine heroes, and we have social media gambits. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest probably foul play within our generation, and every generation has their own thing, so don't think that like the baby boomers have it, whatever. They produce Trump, so. <laughs> and Clinton. <laughs> so we have two wonderful leaders from that generation. I'm hoping we can do better. Is that okay? Is that all right? I'm hoping we can do a little bit better. Every generation has its own set of issues, but our issue is that something within us has gone awry and gone askew and that we think we need to build ourselves a name. And the Tower of Babel people, uh, what they were doing was they were building something and they were erecting something. And what it was was a misdirected understanding of their call. They were building something for themselves. And in that process, I would argue that as we go about and we try to build our kingdoms our way for ourselves, that we leave a trail of mishaps and used people and used situations and then we operate in a way that is so far from what God had intended for you when he made you that we are actually ruining things instead of creating things as we try to build a name for ourselves. There's a video that I think depicts this pretty well and so if you have a moment go ahead and watch this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I called an Uber. That'll be, they'll be here soon. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's all good.
you Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> cool. Cool. Oh. Don't you want your friend to take it? I don't trust her. Great. All right. Got it? Cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk or anything? Uh, uh, I mean, you can ask me a question or are you curious about anything? I mean, can you tag me? That was going to be my question, too. <laughs> Maybe you. You can tag people. You can tag people. So it'll show up on my profile. Thank you. I watched that the first time and my stomach kind of turned. Because I think that this is us more than we realize, whether you're on social media or not, that we are so bent on building something for ourselves that we kind of don't care who or what we use in the process to make a name for ourselves. Have you built a business but burned a friendship as you did so? Have you used a person that maybe is a few steps ahead of you <laughs> to make a name for yourself? Are you using people as commodities to make something for yourself? See, because building your name, there will always be a pile of people that you walk over as you do. Do you turn to God because he's your Elohim, he's your king, he's your father? Or do you take a proverbial selfie with Jesus to build something for yourself? God in scripture is saying, whose name are you trying to build? And listen to me, he is not angry with the Tower of Babel people because they are building something creatively. He's not mad at them because he, they are using their gifts in Ephesians. He says, there are works that I have pre prepared for you in advance to do, and I want you to accomplish them. He's angry because of the goal within their hearts. And so God does, I believe, out of his grace, what he can, what he, the only option he has in the moment. He destroys the Tower of Babel and he disperses the people, which is the result of our self-promotion every single time. It gets destroyed and it gets scattered. All of that toil, all of that effort, all of that hard work. And here's what's so crazy is that you probably know what this feels like. Right now, you are probably in a moment where maybe you are tirelessly trying to build something. And in Isaiah, it says that you will sometimes, we will sometimes try so hard and work so hard to give uh, towards an idol. The, the scripture says you will weary yourself. For this idol. And then Isaiah 43 goes on to Isaiah 43, uh, 22, and it says this, but you have not called on me, Jacob, and you have not yet wearied yourselves for me. I wonder tonight if some of you are in here and you're completely burnt out 
because you are trying to build something out of you and for you. And he's like, are you tired? Maybe try wearing yourself out for me. Because earlier in Isaiah, it says that those who wait upon the Lord shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and soar. This is the promise. God says, have you wearied yourself on the wrong call? Whose name are you trying to make great tonight? Because in Genesis 11, God builds a case that sometimes it's us. And then what I believe is so incredible is that God still moves in our lives and creates a second opportunity for us in Genesis 12. So Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel. God destroys it. He scatters the people. Genesis 12 picks up, and it's almost as if God, like, skipped a few years, maybe generations, or maybe he's forgetful, or maybe he's negligent, because it opens up with the call of Abram. And it says this, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you, Abram, into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the um, earth will be blessed by you. So Genesis 11, he scatters the people. He's angry because he's like, it's not your glory, it's my glory. Destroy this, disperse you. Genesis 12, he picks up with another human being, and he looks at him and he says, I've got a call on your life. And if you obey me and you follow me, and you're pure-hearted as Abram was, and faith-filled as Abram was, and you live to glorify me, he says this, he says, I will make your name great. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. Um, Genesis 11 says this. Let us make a name for ourselves. And God's like. <laughs> Genesis 12. God looks at Abram and he says, I would love to work in you and through you. And I will make your name great. Now for a second Please go with me. How gracious is the king that we serve? Do you even know him? Do you even know how gracious he is that we would do something so offensive as trying to take his glory, as trying to live for our glory? And he would very gently, well, maybe not so gently, dispose of it. And then the next moment, it's almost as if he forgot that sin. It's almost as if he doesn't even remember it. It's almost as if... He doesn't care or he loves us so much that he gives us another opportunity. It's like he's saying, I forgive you, and I've, I've still got a call on your life, and my name is so great, and my uh, glory is so good that I will even use you still to bring glory to myself. That's the God that we serve. God is wondering tonight, what name are you trying to make great? What name are you trying to make great? Is it your name? Because we know how that turns out. Or is it the name above all names? Isaiah 43 says, this is how I made you. I made you for my glory. I made you for myself, not anyone else. Not your future spouse, not your friends. I made you for me. 
Uh, Genesis 11, we get it wrong and we think, well, maybe, I mean, we have all these giftings and we have all these talents and we have all these abilities and we have this heart to bring something fame. Maybe it's us and we get it completely wrong. And in his graciousness, he destroys it and disposes of it. And then Genesis 12, God is saying, come back to me, come back to me, worship me, glorify me. And make me great, and I will envelop you in my greatness. 1 Peter 5 says that we are partakers in Jesus' suffering, but that we also share in his glory, which to me blows my mind. Blows my mind. We are not the reason for God's glory. We are not the object of God's glory. And God is so bent on his own namesake that he will even use humans to exemplify his greatness. See, young adults, it's not about you, it's not about me, which is not a very good thing to say in 2016. It's not a very popular thing to say. But tonight, I think God would love it if a group of people would abandon their self-ambitions and instead would turn to him, that we would be wary of ourselves, but that we would turn to him and decide that we were going to tire ourselves for him Psalm 115 says this, Not to us, Lord, but to your name be the glory, because of your love and your faithfulness. For a bunch of us in the room tonight, I believe that maybe the reason that you don't know his goodness, the reason you can't connect with him, the reason that you don't understand that he's going to provide for you financially, the reason that you don't understand how much he loves you or that he forgives you or that he wants to heal your sin, the reason for all of that is you don't fully comprehend his fame. And you are blinded instead by your own fame and by your own ambitions and by your own kingdom. And as I was starting to prepare this week, I realized that this was just this giant hindrance between us and understanding the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Do you know his name tonight? Do you know who he is? Jeremiah 10 says this, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. First Chronicles 29, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in heaven and on earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord. You exalt yourself as head over all. Psalms 20 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Philippians 2, this is about Jesus. It says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow on heaven and on earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Proverbs 30 says, who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? Surely you know. And I wonder tonight, do you know this God? Do you know him? Do you know the God that named all of the stars? Place them and name them. Do you know the God that is fully glory, full glory, but also describes himself as love? They are one and the same. God is love, not God can do love, not God performs love. God is fully glory. And he is fully loved. Do you know him? Do you know the God who sends armies out to battle? Do you know the God 
who measures the seas and tells them how far they can go. Do you know the God who in Isaiah 43, the scripture we just read, he goes on later and he says, you are precious to me. You are beautiful in my sight. And then he says, I would give a people in ransom for you. I would give men in exchange for your life. And he did. Do you know a God who knew that you would be neck deep in sin the moment he created you? And he still did with the understanding that at some point he would have to go and sacrifice himself in exchange for you. Do you know who this person is? Do you know who this God is? Has he penetrated your heart? Do you understand his glory, his greatness? His greatness and his glory is not to be swept over you and, and crush you. His greatness and his glory is something that falls on you like a blanket and covers you with a light and with an illumination and with an understanding that you have never known. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that he's glorious, church. Do you know this God? And if you're in here tonight and your insides don't turn <laughs> at the name of Jesus, your insides don't, when you engage in worship, just light up because he's so big and he's so grand and he's so much more than you ever knew, then tonight I want to give you an opportunity to meet him in a new way. And so if everybody could stand... And there are a whole bunch of people in here tonight that I believe um, are needing to let go of, of, of the promotion of self or maybe the promotion of other things in their lives, the promotion of people, the promotion of idols. God says these things will blind you from who I am and the freedom I have for you. And tonight I want to invite you. I just believe that he is going to do something special in here tonight, that he wants to reveal how great he is. And so if you're in here tonight and you're like, I just want to know you a little more. I already know you, but there's this hang up and I'd like to know you more. I'd like to invite you to come down to the front and to worship and to seek him. And that act of obedience is just so simple. Just coming down to the front and worshiping him. Coming down to the front and offering yourself. Saying, not to us, but to your name be the glory and there is no five points tonight that you're going to walk out of here and be like well I took some really good notes I'm going to apply them to my life no tonight God wants to encounter you he wants to encounter you and so if you're in here tonight and you say you know what then I just invite you right now to come down to the front and say my kingdom's not that great and it's getting scattered and shattered and I would love more of your kingdom and I believe that he's going to reveal himself to you that he will make his name great for you and that you will get an opportunity to have a great name because not you're great, but because he's great. I believe that God's raising up a generation that is not going to care about themselves, about their fame. He's raising up a generation that's only going to care about his glory. And he wants to show you what that is tonight. He wants to show you how great he is tonight. The second thing I want to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed is maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know this king. And I can tell you, God is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the only one that is able to create. And it is in him and through him that we live and move and have our being. 
But not only that, but we messed it up. We Genesis 11 this stuff. And because of that, we are unable to join him and to engage with him in the way that we want to. There is a separation that is there because of our sin and because of the fall. And so if you're in here tonight and you say, you know what, I want to know him. I want to know the King of Kings. I want to know the Lord of Lords. I want to know his glory. Um, I want to know the Jesus that came and died for my sins. And not only that, but rose again to give me his life. If that's you in here tonight, would you just raise your hand nice and high on the count of three? One, two, three. Raise it up. Awesome. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. God, thank you so much for the people who received you tonight. God, that act of obedience, that simple act of surrender to you is them saying, God, forgive me of my sins. Not only that, but God, come into my life and heal the fractures. And Jesus, you say that if we are not ashamed of you before all of men, that you will not be ashamed of us before heaven. And in this moment that they receive the Holy Spirit, but they also God, they receive your salvation and they get heaven forever. I pray um, that they would, in this moment, just pray that prayer in their own words to you. And God, tonight, I just want to meet you. I just want to know your greatness. We just want to know who you are. That's it. That's it tonight. That's it. That's the goal. Jesus, come tonight. King of kings, come tonight. We love you in your name.